I am so ecstatic and so happy because we are back after an extended sabbatical. This is TV channeling. I said in it like 2018. This. Yes, <laughs> in 2018. You know what, Pete Tachi? People, a lot of people said that, like, you know what? They will not get out of 2017. There is no way they're gonna keep doing this. But you know what? You were wrong. We are silencing the haters. Oh yeah, though the gods of the wrong were trying to keep us in 2017. We Busted out of that Easter egg. Did that oh, make we- sense? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We bust out of that Easter egg with the help of Santa and his reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> and a leprechaun. <laughs> and, and the baby New Year brought us to safety. Yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome back, my dear co-host Kevin. How are you? I am good and so excited to be back. I am so- 2018 is filled with so many great television uh, to come. I can't wait to get started. And let's get started with our review of our first show of the new year, uh, TNT's The Alienist. Yes, yeah. And you know what? I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Tachi, by the way. Anyway, The Alienist. Oh, and, and, and I am still Kevin. You're still Kevin. <laughs> yes. Still in 2018, you're still Kevin. You're going to yes. you're gonna go with that. Still. I'm gonna, yeah. You know what? It worked for me in 17. I'm going to think it's, I'm going to try it out in 18. Let's see if okay. it sticks. Let me know how that works. All right, so The Alienist is a show that airs on Mondays on TNT, so check your local listings for exact times. And let me tell you a little bit about the show. So the show uh, takes place in New York in 1896. In New York in 1896, the discovery of the mutilated corpse of a boy prostitute leads psychiatrist Laszlo Chrysler to link the crime to the earlier murder of a child patient. He enlists the help of his college friend, a newspaper illustrator, to gather evidence in the case. So, Tachi, what did you think of The Alienist? I'd like to say that you fooled me into watching (laughs) a hideous (laughs) depiction of humanity. First of all, I, I don't know if you were feeling this, but I've kind of felt some parallels with some of the other period pieces that we've watched, like Harlots. It, oh, I don't, yeah. okay. Well, definitely, because let's see, we're talking about child prostitution, which um, in Harlots was an issue. But these kids seem even younger, and they're boys. And so... Um, actually, that was a thing, which was shocking to, to find out. So there was something for everybody back then. And, um, <laughs> oh, okay, I don't mean to laugh at this, but it's just, okay, first of all, I've got to be real. This is an incredibly dark show. TNT, uh, TNT's uh, tagline is TNT knows drama. They also know sadism. It is a very, very dark show. So, you know what? If you are even borderline depressive stay away this is not the show for you this is not the the show unless you are on you need to get medicated first to get right before you try to watch this show because it is not for the faint-hearted this is a, a show about a serial killer who is targeting uh young boys uh in 1896 new york and I have to say one thing about the production. We always talk about this lately, how the productions look good, but this is above and beyond. Um, a lot of shows like this, 
especially if they were on like a basic cable network, would be CGI Layton trying to recreate a time period. Uh, I believe they went to like Budapest and they built like blocks and blocks of 1896 New York. So when you actually see buildings and you see people walking inside buildings, those are actual buildings. Those aren't like, like you know, uh, a doorway, a, a green screen doorway. And there's like, you know, uh, so, uh, somebody, uh, you know, drawing a building there later. It's really there. And, oh, my God, extras as far as the eye can see. <laughs> when they go to like a ballroom, the ballroom is packed. When they go into a police station, it is filled with the the extras are off the charts as far as in looking super period. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They that's the one thing, like you said, they did not use CGI, which is great because they could have actually done all of that. The extra work with CGI. But you can tell it, it. It's great, but it has not come far enough for us not to notice that it is artificially place there one thing though without so i'm i'm just now finding out that this was shot in budapest i i believe that went from you saying this yes i knew it was europe i could tell right away that it was europe uh, maybe because i am a new yorker granted i didn't live in 1896 um new york <laughs> but uh, i i could tell that it had a very European feel. And on top of it, you know, there were, and this was New York in um, the 1800s, uh, early 1900s. Remember, New York is very much a city of immigrants. A lot of people came through Ellis Island when it was still open. You had a lot of Irish immigrants. You had a lot of Italian immigrants. And you heard that. You saw the Italian immigrants and the Irish immigrants. And you saw the... um, juxtaposition of the uh, the Irish. You know, when every new group came to New York, there was always this period where they were discriminated against and were not regarded as 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 well as some of the other. They were other. That they were. Otherized. They were the others. Exactly. And that's, it just that's one thing that's so interesting about this particular story at this moment in time in our history, how timely it feels. Um, the in-your-face racism towards, you know, Italian-Americans um, ag- against uh, uh, Jewish-Americans uh, um, that's happening in the show, as as well as, you know, the Irish stereotypes at the time. And there, there are people, and the poverty, oh my God, that's another thing with the show. Thank God there's no smell-o-vision. Because <laughs> it looks, oh my God, the tenements, the filth, the the rat infested filth, the dank, the mold, the every oh my God, the urine soaked everything. <laughs> it looks so filthy. You you and I are on the same because you know I detest filth. So you know when you have these scenes with the um okay the the um the illustrator when he was that was the illustrator right that yeah. was um. Pass, uh, what was that wedding ring thing about, or the ring thing? Well, that, that's going to be yet to be revealed. Okay, there is uh, the illustrator who's the the college friend of the uh, the alienist who, and an alienist for those of you who don't know was basically the uh, the dawn of what we now know as psychiatry to be, and um, we see him in the first episode. The uh, the friend who's the illustrator for a newspaper. He act, normally he what he does is he draws you know society people and um, 
he's he's getting into a much grittier world right off the top. Um, but we see him with a prostitute, and he and it's almost like she's reciting lines to him, and he's seeing her as someone else. And she's wearing a ring, and and the camera's closing up, all, uh, doing close-ups on the ring, and and he's looking at her and looking at the ring. And then once things are brought to an abrupt end, when he is called to go and uh, uh, investigate some kind of uh, uh, homicide, um, he she he hands her money, and she gives him back the ring. And we later see him put that ring on somebody else. So that ring is very important to, I don't know if it was like 1889 Viagra, because it seems to work for him. When someone puts the ring on, he's good to go. Maybe it's a fantasy type thing. I don't yeah, know. I think it's going to turn out there's some lost love or something like that or some deceased love that he either didn't give, who gave that ring to, who's died, or he didn't give that ring to before something happened to them, and he's recreating her with all these prostitutes, or harlots, as you might say. <laughs> that died of syphilis or gonorrhea, no doubt. Oh, that's another thing. Oh, my God. There's an, a character in this that has advanced syphilis. Oh, and- God. Whoa, I did, this is one of those times, like, I wish my HD wasn't as high, I wish the definition was a little lower, because it, <laughs> that was some good makeup. Look, I had to look, there were several points when I could not look at the screen, because it was just entirely too much. Too oh, yeah, the, the, oh, damn much. Yeah, the first murder victim, the, oh, first, I the first boy, oh my God, he, it's, it's, it, again, this is, if you haven't gotten the idea yet, it's very graphic and it's very dark. We're talking about a serial killer who's killing uh, young boys who are prostitutes. And um, the period, the period look of it is incredible. But one of the things is this: this story is uh, based on a novel that actually was initially published in the '90s. I think it was when was this published? Let me look. Oh, 1994. And actually, is a series of books. Now, the show is listed as a uh, what's that term they use? It's a limited series. Now, once I did my research and discovered the fact that, like, oh, no, there's a series of these books, uh, because I am at this point curious to who ultimately the killer is going to end up being. Um, but now I know it's a series of, uh, of stories. My question is, do they already have plans to do a second season, or is this one of those things where, like, they're going to keep, well, oh, this is just a one-season thing, and then if it does well in the ratings, oh, shockingly, we're going to do a second season. And as long as this particular crime is wrapped up at the end of the season, I will be very angry if at the end of these 10 episodes, uh, and for, oh, one thing I didn't mention that's always true for Tachi and I, when we review any show, we watch at least two episodes, and we watch the uh, the pilot and episode two of uh, The Alienist. And um, if uh, the series is 10 episodes in length, at, at, in episode 10, if we don't know who the killer is, and that's all not all wrapped up, I'm going to be all kinds of pissed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It probably, <laughs> it probably won't simply because you want it to be. <laughs> simply because of that. 
So, well, going back to this wedding, the, this ring thing, like I, I completely agree. It is, it is a an amalgamation that he's trying to make up of uh, of whoever was lost through these harlots. And so, there's that exchange. You know, he gets the he gives the the ten pence or whatever coins, and then gets the the ring back. And I every time I see that, speaking of filth, I'm like I. I can't stand the filth already from uh, industri- the industrial age and how sickly people were and what I can't stand that anyway. So to think of the, about them actually having sex and skin to skin contact just grossed me. I was like, oh my God, because you know how I hate that, Kevin. Well, the, 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 all I can think about is that all the people that fantasize about living in different time periods and uh, basically corset dramas, Dakota Fanning is in this, and she plays Sarah Howard, uh, a character based on an actual woman who was the first woman to work uh, for the New York Police Department mm-hmm. um, as a non, like, you know, uh, scrub woman. So she was actually working as a, as a secretary. But, um, the, we see a scene where she's being dressed and she's in a corset and we get a close up of her back and how like the marks that these corsets, what these women had to wear on a daily basis, the marks, the damage it did to their body. I mean, we always have this kind of idea that women were so frail back then and that they were fainting. Well, there's a couple reasons for that because their ribs were being cracked. They couldn't take a deep breath because of these corsets and they were in these clothes that were so binding. And in certain periods, because the makeup was filled with like lead paint, they were being poisoned and everything. I mean, filled with lead. So it's like, were they really the fairer sex or they just got a raw deal as far as wardrobe? went exactly and you know these things were developed by male (laughs) male pharmacists or whoever i'm like something didn't tell you it it amazes me how the lack of knowledge we have about certain things and when you were talking about going back and how people always want to go back to certain times I'll take a time when there was penicillin for two hundred, Alex. Thank you. Oh, not only I need more than penicillin, Alex. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna need deodorant for everybody. <laughs> I I need I need mouthwash and I need toothbrushes Toothpaste, for all. <laughs> Just, I, I some kind of dentifrice. I don't care what. Oh my! I can't even fathom what everything smelled like. If we're gonna be absolutely real, and we're not watching some kind of like you know some soft focus kind of uh you know bride's head revisited or something like that kind of period thing because uh, uh the i'm sorry that when you go back to any time before oh, indoor plumbing yes indoor plumbing people mm. so yeah w- watch these fantasies i don't understand th- those bodice ripper fantasies it's like you're not you're not g- getting the whole picture Exactly, oh, and you're not getting the ship. whole scent. I oh, the pirate ship. That's even worse. Exactly. And then, remember, uh, there was the uh, the point where the the driver, the only black cast member of this entire thing. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say. I'm, yes. I'm, it's funny. I was when this scene happened. I was like, <laughs> Oh, Tachi's loving this. Go ahead, tell him. 
So the the young boy who I don't know what connection or whatever he is, the young boy goes to what is he, he goes to the stables or something like he, that. Oh yeah, he points he went to, he goes you were at the stable mucking out the stables and you were he goes and you were touching yourself and you're doing something else and now you're gonna eat uh, you're gonna eat food with us. I tell I t- keep telling you all the time, wash your hands. So, exactly. So he it, said so I don't the, know why I have to keep telling you. Yeah. yeah so yeah, the one black cast member is like, hey. <laughs> hygiene hygiene (laughs) but it's so it's so appropriate because think about that think about like that that's the representative of the voice of reason think about like your your parents are like did you wash your hands did you especially back then there's just that is no joke when you're like when you're mucking out stables (laughs) and you're uh in a moment of let's say self-examination yeah all that you need to wash your hands why would you not i I, simple hand washing i mean people are still discovering that it, it cures all sorts of disease or staves off all sorts of disease I just don't. Well, you know what? And that's that's actually at the very um, the very very early stages of of quote modern medicine, where they still did not have the connection between germs and disease. So often, some of these things were thought to be caused by either evil spirits, or they didn't know what, or the person was a bad person, where they didn't make the the connection between germs and disease. So this was still at the very beginning of that. Well, you know what? That's so funny that you mentioned that because as gruesome as uh, as it is, it's interesting to see uh, the very beginning of the science of uh, forensic uh, mm-hmm. of forensic science and uh, autopsies because there's there's this there's these two doctors that are doing autopsies and they're basically. Um, this is the beginning of forensic medicine. So this, uh, the alienist is seeing that there's a pattern, and he believes that this isn't just a one-off, the horrific murder of this one boy, and he's trying to prove it's connected to other murders. And uh, apparently there are people in very high places that do not want him and his newly forming team to be looking into this and so it's uh it's interesting to see at this point in time there's just this there's a theory about thumbprints and it's and it's the beginning there's some people who believe that every thumbprint is different and there are some people who think it's boulder dash uh in police work there's no fingerprints or that's just some kind of wives tale i mean it's just it's fascinating to kind of be transported in that way as long as you don't think about how things smell it's easier to be transported <laughs> to Kevin, I'm telling you that it was so hard for me not to think about that. In fact, that was the overriding theme for me throughout the entire time I watched uh, two episodes. Well, you know, that in the was... two episodes, I, all I kept thinking is like, oh my God, I, this show should be sponsored by Purell. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to bathe the huddled masses, all those grubby little children. I would just hose them all down with Purell. Purell, live to see another day. <laughs> <laughs> after you're done wrecking this, uh, mucking out the stables, before you eat and after you've masturbated, use Purell. Oh my God, that would oh. it would it would just fly off the shelves. Oh, I just, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh. Now let's get let's get back to like uh, my favorite character on the show and uh, one of my favorite uh, child stars of all time, Dakota Fanning is mm. in this, and like I said before earlier, she's playing. Uh, Sarah Howard and um, 
the, her character is so driven. And what I there's one part of the in the first episode where we get a real glimpse of what sexual harassment looked like before there was the term sexual harassment, because her boss is actually urinating in front of her and in mm-hmm. front of other colleagues, and they're laughing at her upon the thinking that she's going to faint or something upon this site and 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 they're and and the, her boss is kind of surprised that she's not like fainting dead away and her response is all i see is a tiny pink mouse <laughs> and i was like oh burn you know she is this is also very appropriate for now because she represents that feminist spirit in a at a time where you may not have seen a lot of that or it wasn't easily displayed. So first of all, we said she's like the first woman not to be like a washerwoman or a scrub woman in, um, the, uh, po- at, in the police force, police force, yeah. police station, she works with the police, police station. She's not a member of the force, but she works for the police station. She the works for the police. Ever. Right. Exactly. So she actually has a job granted. We may look at it as a stereotypical job, but it's really not. And I don't think she regards it as such. Yeah. And she was a trailblazer. Me, she was a trailblazer. And I, I think she sees herself as making change and being in, and, and just listen to the way she says things really, um, with that feminist spirit where, um, when they were talking about the, the, the fingerprint and um, they were passing around and he said something and he said, please, there's a lady present. And she was basically like, can you stop treating me like I can't handle this because I clearly can. Oh, yeah. Now, there's another line I love where um, basically she's asked, uh, like I said before, there there seems to be some powers that be in the police force, at least. We don't know about what's outside of it that might be be fostering this, but that want to keep this one child murder to look like just some random thing uh, and that some street urchin must have done this uh, to this child. And um, so she's asked, uh, Dakota Fanning's character is asked to steal a file. And at first she doesn't want to do it, but then, but then when she discovers the fact that that there seems to be somebody making an effort at the police station to keep things quiet and to hide files. She basically gives the files uh, to the uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Kaisner's friend. And he basically says like, you know, uh, you know, uh, how can I thank you? And she says, she goes, if the doctor, if the doctor finds anything uh, uh, in this particular document that uh, he finds of interest, I should uh, I should like to be told that is the only thanks I require. I mean, so the way she talks to them, she's de- she's demanding to be treated as an equal and she has no patience for the, you know, the gentility that she's supposed to display or how delicate she's going. Now, now, that doesn't mean that she doesn't like. First of all, she hasn't seen the image, but she uh, she saw a drawing of that ch- of that first murder victim's body, and even and, and we see a shot of her at night looking at it, and she's haunted by it. But how can unless unless you were like a psychopath yourself, you're not going to be. I was messed up, and I'm like, that's an actor, Kevin. But still, it was rough. <laughs> no, I had to look away. I had to look away, and then you know the beginning scene with uh. Uh, him on the bridge and they the the camera zoomed in i kept my eyes long enough to see i'm like okay they're done nope 
They zoomed in so slow. I was like, will you get off of him? Because I kept, I counted. I said, oh, they should be done now. Nope. Still zooming in just as slow on that horrific side. It was awful yeah no they weren't doing any kind of alfred hitchcock where like though you, you know you think you see things no you see things <laughs> you're not thinking you saw anything you're not getting glimpses no it's there that's one thing you you this is a very violent crime uh, uh crimes are taking place and they're not letting us look away where we there's no kind of illusion or uh, kind of veil uh, to to kind of shield the audience a little bit from how how horrific this is. It, we're up close and personal with how rough this is. And like I said about this being a book from 1994 is the fact that the question is we've had so many stories about serial killers hunting all kinds of different serial killers. We've had stories through the eyes of the serial killer uh, shows like uh, Dexter, where we're you know we're watching we're we're the serial, serial killer is actually the star of the show, the the protagonist, and we're not watching the person who's chasing him. So the question is, doing a story when this story initially came out in 1994, I'm sure it was very fresh to be uh, to be dealing with the subject matter in this particular time period. But oh my God, how many different things have we seen about Jack the Ripper and people chasing him kind of thing? And so th there's no denying there is a familiarity to me to this kind of uh, subject matter. There definitely is. There definitely is. And it's, um, it's a little disturbing. <laughs> oh, to um... say the least. <laughs> but one of the one of the speaking of the disturbing uh, nature of it, um, there's a uh, there's a scene where after leaving uh, uh, one of the potential murder victims' uh, autopsies, uh, Doctor uh, uh, Kurt. Oh, what the hell? How do you pronounce his name again? Uh, what is it? Uh, Cre Cre Kressler? Kressler. Let's say Kressler. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say that. Chrysler, Chrysler, <laughs> Chrysler, Chrysler. That's his name. Yeah, Dr. Chrysler suggests uh, that he and uh, his reporter friend, John, uh, uh, go uh, go for an early dinner. I mean, after they right, right after they walked out of, of this exhumed uh, child murder victim's body, and he's like, oh, let's go get some, let's go, let's go get a bite to eat. And, and his friend's like, um... No, how can you how can you think of food after what we've just witnessed? And so um, uh, Dr. K uh, Kaisner's response is, that's what I admire about you, John. Uh, uh, you represent the good that people want to believe is in all of us. That's why people like you more than they do me. <laughs> yeah, because if you're that kind of cold that you can basically um, walk out of an autopsy of a little uh, kid that just got murdered, and you're all like, let's go get some snacks. <laughs> I would probably never eat again. Oh, oh, that's another thing. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the restaurants back then? Oh, uh, hell. Okay. Now, if you don't know, and I know you live in L.A., so you you all probably have we the have grading a grade, system. Yeah, too. we have a grading right. system, too. Yeah. So in New York, there is a grading system. I do not eat in restaurants that have less than an A. Because I just need to be there's a reason that you got less than it, and it could be something whatever. But if you if you have a B, I'm really strongly questioning whether or not I'm going to sit down at your establishment when I'm in New York. So I really am A and above. If there's anything above a, an A, A plus, <laughs> double okay? A, double A. 
Back then, they did not have that grading system. I'm sure every bloody restaurant in New York was an F. I can be for sure. It's already hard enough when you're in your own home to keep things clean and with everything floating around. But now this is public and there are street workers. Oh, well, oh, well, that... but also just in the, in the time, I don't believe there was no refrigeration, I don't think, at that time. So, I mean, just a, a restaurant. I mean, if you went to the finest restaurant, I'm sure that one of the, how restaurants make money is they basically they reuse things. I mean, that's what I mean, like we people I I've, I know people that uh, uh, that have worked in the restaurant world have told me about things like, you know, when you don't eat bread that's on that's in that basket that comes to your table, they don't throw it away. I mean, it might end up in a bread pudding dessert. And so that's when I remember somebody told me that, like, never order bread pudding because that is just a way for them to use up all the old bread. God of heavens. And that's a shame because bread pudding is like my favorite dessert. Well, then you can make it yourself. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I or do. Even, you know, or even get it at a bakery. I mean, it's just the idea that um, the part that upset me, I don't mind if it's old bread that's like <laughs> in the kitchen that never came out. But the idea that you basically take just because it's, it, it didn't get eaten on someone's table that you think you can still use that. Who knows if they coughed all over that or anything. So exactly. I'm not cool with that. No, I don't think that's good. And that's not hygienic. And that probably would not pass yeah, Everybody's that's, that's why you gotta be exactly because of using old bread <laughs> <laughs> and trying to charge us ten dollars for a for, for that day for that uh sneezed on bread pudding sure will with your little bit of uh caramelized uh whatever yeah some kind of bourbon oh that's another thing bourbon i don't i guess people that really love the taste of alcohol like any dessert is supposed to be they can they charge you five more dollars for any dessert if they put the name of some kind of booze in it or give you some kind of booze flavored sauce well you know what bourbon does have i'm not like a a, a big drinker so i don't i would never drink like a whole shot of bourbon <laughs> that would not be delicious to me but the the flavor of that bourbon in like a bread pudding or something like that actually has a nice smooth flavor you know once they cook off the alcohol well but, but the good thing about that alcohol is that it can basically kill all those sneezed on germs from the customers that had that access to that bread before you got it damn it nothing is sacred <laughs> <laughs> nothing is sacred one, one other thing I just wanted to say again, I just love Dakota Fanning, and it, it, I'm not going to deny the fact that it is disturbing that this little girl that we watched grow up in movies is now a full-fledged woman playing a full-fledged, you know, kick-ass woman character. It's a little upsetting, because I remember when she was super adorable, and she was being saved by Denzel Washington in, like, Man on Fire. I remember her being in movies like Hide and Seek. I I loved her in things like uh, uh, the, the Secret Life of Bees. So she's a really great actress. So it's really interesting to see her, I think, in her first, definitely her first regular TV gig. But this character is very, this. she's not an ingenue. This is a woman. Oh yeah, but I I I'm liking her character here. I'm liking the fact that it's so starkly different from the little Dakota Fanning that we're used to. It shows her range as an actress, and I think I'm celebrating it. I would be upset if she was playing one of the harlots. That's what I would be upset about. Oh, thank yes. Oh my God, because if yeah, I can't watch Dakota Fanning get syphilis. I just can't. I just can't. See, are we back on that again? Now I, I managed to get this out of my head, and now it's back. 
<laughs> Yuck. All right, Tachi. Well, do you have any other thoughts on the alienist before we wrap things up and I ask you to, you know, uh, give your final uh, grade? It it's it is compelling. I will say that it it's very compelling. I I will say this. It's interesting because it's I'm looking at different ratings and it seems to be kind of mixed. The the go to one is usually Rotten Tomatoes, right? And it's got a fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I that even, oh my god, yeah. I'm actually really shocked to the, to hear that it's that low. Wow, I'm very shocked. So I, I would have thought, but then you look at IMDb, it's got a seven point nine out of ten. TV.com, they've got an eight point six out of ten. So that's a big range in differences. But usually Rotten Tomatoes is the one that people go after in terms of you know ratings, and so it's got a fifty seven percent. Wow, that that is really shocking. So let's cut to the chase. Let's find out what uh, what Tachi has to say about it. So Tachi, for the first time in 2018, I'm going to ask the question that people love to hear me ask you. So Tachi, are you going to keep watching The Alienist or are you going to change the channel? This is a hard one because it is compelling. But all the, okay, between the, the nastiness and the, the I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can. But maybe the fact that I want to see what happens will compel me to. So I am tentatively staying with it. Wow, that's interesting. And you, sir, since you seem to be the advocate of all things um, New York nasty 1896. <laughs> 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 are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the channel? Now, we may need your help out there to come up with some kind of middle rating because, <laughs> because like you, I'm tentatively staying tuned and that's even being more generous. There's no denying that there the the costume work, the uh the extras, the cinematography, it's all mm -hmm. top notch. This this looks like an, an Academy Award kind of production. I mean, the, TNT, they know drama and they know how to spend some money. They this this cost money. You can see every dollar, every penny is on the screen. So I, I'm not knocking it for any of that. For me and the acting, everybody is great. The 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 uh, the alienist, the lead actor whose name I can't remember, um, and Dakota is incredible. Um, that's just, Luke, uh, that the one that plays Doctor Laszlo Kreisler yes. or uh, Daniel Brühl. Okay, and who plays John Moore, his uh, friend, the illustrator? Because that Luke Evans. Okay, Luke Evans. Yeah, no, everybody's great. It's just the fact that the subject matter is so dark, and let's face it, we are living in some dark times. I don't know if you saw the State of the Union address. It is dark. We're living with this. Is, I did not. These are because these are tough if I want to watch. I feel you. I didn't watch it because if I want to watch fairy tales, there are plenty of Disney tales I can watch. <laughs> Duck tales. Woo. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's not that the show isn't well produced and well done. It's just that I've seen enough serial killers be tracked for, you know, a good stretch in my life now. So I'm not saying I'm changing the channel completely. Will I tune back in probably for the last couple episodes? Because I do want to see who the killer ultimately ends up being uh, and how they solve it. I am cu that curious. 
But will I be watching the other eight episodes in their entirety? Hell to the no. Uh-uh. Again, <laughs> again, I have to look out for my psyche. Again, I am messed. The, the image of that first boy's body is <laughs> going to haunt me for quite some time. Especially when I tried so hard to not see it and I opened my eyes just a fraction too soon. Too soon. And I ended up saying, damn it. To- yeah, th- that messed it up for me. I I don't know. There's just too much. So I, I agree. Yeah, TNT knows drama and TV channeling knows how to avoid it when it gets too intense. <laughs> Except for the last <laughs> few seconds, clearly. <laughs> uh, in my part. So fantastic. Wow. Well, we have come to the end of another episode of TV channeling. The first episode of 2018. Yes. And so um, what I wanted uh, to ask you all out there, if there's anything that you're looking forward to, any shows that you'd like us to review, we would love to hear from you. There's so much coming in 2018 and we can't possibly review it all. But if we get a request, there's we just can't say no. We're just a we're just a podcast who can't say no. Yes. Like the song that never ends. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, Tashi, where can people yeah. listen to TV channeling? You've got a couple of options. Not just a couple. You've got four, actually, options to listen to us. We are on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and if you go to podbean.com, you can find us there. And we're actually tvchanneling.com, which will take you right to Podbean. And you can listen to your heart's desires and avoid... Uh, scraggly bodies the same way we do when <laughs> and you know what well, another great thing about our show is you can subscribe and I promise subscribing to our show will not give you syphilis so don't even worry about it <laughs> don't even worry. yes please do in fact it acts it's ten times stronger than penicillin so subscribe subscribe <laughs> yeah subscribe and also if you love what we're doing here we would really appreciate a review and if you don't like what we're doing why the hell are you still listening this exactly. is the end of the show you should exactly. have turned us off ages ago close so- your eyes like I did on that boy <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't waste your time writing a bad review. Life is short. Yes, so go yes. live your life. Go go hug your kids. Go go pick some flowers. Yes. Have a snickerdoodles bar. Yeah, and if you did like the show, you know what? You're going to live a long life. So take the time to give us a good review. Absolutely. So you know what you can do besides subscribing, besides listening, and besides leaving a good review? You can also get in touch with us on social. Kevin, how can they reach us? All right. We are ubiquitous when it comes to social media. We are everywhere. We are on Facebook. We are on um we're on Facebook. We are on the gram, also known as Insta. We're, no- <laughs> we're on Snapchat. And we're on my all-time fave, Twitter. So follow us all those places. And if you have any questions about us or the show, any requests for things you'd like us to review, or even news topics you'd like us to talk about that's going on in entertainment news, we will be happy to answer your question. Well, clearly... We have to get going because um, it seems like because you use the word ubiquitous, 
you used an SAT word. You must be studying for somebody's test. So I'm going to let you. <laughs> I'm off to class. You're off to class. <laughs> and we're going to let you get back to dinner or class or whatever you were doing before you were listening to us. And I just have to say that we really appreciate your time. And it's because of you we do this. And with that, I'm going to say bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>